Wait, how do you want to start? I, I don't know. How do you want to start? <laughs> One, two, three, four. Ready, go. Prexel Legs Jr. Jr. Yeah, welcome back. It's Tommy Lacasio and the other kid. The other kid, uh, the, uh, the Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. We have something much better for you. My name's Jack Gorman. <laughs> and I am Jensen Jenick. I don't know what we're going to call this alumni. Come well, back. The founder. The yeah. founders. You could call it the goats, the a lot of names. Are we the goats though? Because when I think about the goats of the podcast club, I think about Santucci, Marsicano, Dr. Collins. Yeah. <laughs> They're the real MVPs. K Prow. I think I saw K Prow driving today. Really? Yeah. But it was one of those times where like you I've I saw seen him driving too. Yeah. I looked in my rearview mirror one time and I thought he was following me, but he wasn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, how have you been, man? I've been good. Um, you know, just chilling in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> um, go Flyers. Uh, I've been good. How have you been? I've been. This is actually right. me and Jenkins' first time seeing each other since summer. Ever, actually. Most of our podcasts were uh, in different rooms last year. We were separate because most of the time <laughs> we saw we each other last year, we would get in fights Yeah, and never ended well. Never ended well. So we might, yeah, yeah, no, we might get into fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> Very high possibility. But so Jensen was living in the Evans house. How was that? It was a great time. Um, about as good as a first semester during a pandemic could be, I think. Uh, stayed longer than I expected to stay. I didn't really expect to stay at all, but yeah, it was great. No complaints here. How yeah. was, you know, you, you had a complicated semester, probably even more complicated than describing the Evan scholarship to someone. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to give the spark notes version, but first, um, when you talk to anyone over the age of like, I would say 40 and you say like you're in your first semester of college right now, they're like, Oh my gosh, how are you? Yeah, they're like, yeah, how, you know, I remember my first semester of college, and I, I can't even imagine if it was during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then That's you're exactly. like, no, it's really fine. Like, everyone I know just has COVID and isn't affected by it. And they're, like, mind-blown by that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But it's the reality. Yeah. Um, yes, I went to Dayton for four weeks. Um, and then while there, Dayton was, like, making headlines. So I was like, I'm going to dip. Uh, and so I reached out to some like uh, mentors of mine and I kind of told them hey I'm gonna like try to do some volunteering stuff some like mission work and the it was slim pickings just because we're in a pandemic and I ended up moving downtown living with three priests and three men that were studying to be priests in the Catholic Church lived with them for three weeks did some volunteering very good experience and then it ended up being that the best way for me to go from there was to move home, continue my class. All this time, I'm continuing classes on Dayton. Um, and I volunteered at, while living at home, did a bunch of stuff, had fun time, traveled a little bit. And it was fun. But living with Catholic priests is really fun. And contrary to common belief, I'm not becoming a Catholic priest. And I've seen, I've yeah. seen inklings of it <laughs> places. But I'm going to return to Dayton, be a normal college student, yeah. and go with it. I mean, you thought about it for a little bit. Um, well, yeah, that's it. That, we, <laughs> that could be a podcast on its own, but yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, it's really cool to like, 
whatever religion you are, whatever you believe in, to live with people that are like studying to like live that life was really cool. Like, I don't know, you can compare it to someone who's like studying to be a Scientologist or something or Mm -hmm. someone who's studying to be like... I don't know what Buddhists are, but like someone who's like really engulfed yeah. into the Buddhist faith. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool to see someone who's so focused on that and lives their everyday life. Just like it put everything into perspective to me. For yeah. me. And I think that's what I got out of it because I'll go back to Dayton next semester and I'll know that like, hey, I'm here being a college student, but there's millions of people out there who are dedicating their life every day to something greater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, deep thoughts. And I mean, like you couldn't have done that any other semester than during a pandemic. Can't really, I mean, maybe I'll look back and regret not, you know, traveling and doing my classes, but that's one thing that it enabled you to do. Yeah. And And it was, it was kind of scary how relatively easy it was for me to like, like when I had this idea, I was like, I'm going to have to cancel my housing, cancel my food plan. And I ended up dropping half of my classes. And, like, you think they're, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, this huge thing that, like, the like uh, the president of the university is going to call me and be like, you're dropping your classes, like, you're moving out. In reality, I just emailed some random lady, never met her, and I just said, I'm moving out of Dayton. And then she forwarded me the money, and I, I moved out. And it was, like, <laughs> seemed so, like, insignificant that I was like, okay. Honestly, yeah. It was like, whatever. I'm just going, I guess. Yeah. But it was cool. Very cool experience. Yeah. I definitely, as soon as I, like, as soon as you told me that, I was like, only Jack would do that and, like, be comfortable with it. I know. It was, uh, it was whatever. But I, I think I got the best of two worlds because I was able to meet some guys and some gals that I'm friends with at Dayton. And, you know, I'm not going back to, like, a blank palette. I'm going back oh, to Oh, yeah. That. It was definitely good that you at least went there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been a little harder if I didn't. And then even like explaining that second semester, if you didn't go, they're kind of like, yeah, (laughs) no, that's everyone's first. I won't say their name, but, um, I got coffee with this kid and, um, he's a, he's like Parkridge kid. And it was like two weeks after I moved out of the seminary house and he was like, are you okay? Like, are you doing okay? Cause like no one from college is home. I'm just like home by myself, like doing my thing. And I was like, I'm doing fine, man. Like, how are you? But then I was like outside looking in, it just does it looks like it was like something went wrong. Yeah, or I know. And if you don't like know you like completely well, yeah, it could, it, it's scary for anyone. Like, yeah. I think it was scary for a lot of people to be on a campus, to be off a campus. But yeah, I don't know. We were just talking before this uh, with like Grace and Aaron about how, vaccinations and all that it looks like it's gonna be fine yeah i mean it should be fine i really hope it ends up being fine yeah having a somewhat normal second semester will probably be eye-opening for everyone in college that's a freshman in college yeah because like talking to upperclassmen for me it's like you guys have no idea like what college is actually like Mm -hmm. like Most of the time you're like running from class to class and then you're doing something else. You're going to like a tailgate before a football game mm-hmm. and like we were just cooped up in the house all day. Yeah. I mean and most and or dorm or whatever, like that's what you should have been doing. So yeah. it's like It'll make it taste sweeter at the end, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so um I wanted to get your thoughts on, I think we text each other short after it happened, but listening to that first episode that they released 
this yeah. this fall. What was your what were your thoughts on that? I mean, it was just it was a beautiful experience it was. to listen to, you know. I mean, I think the only way that we can describe lunch table talk, Jack and I, is that it's our baby. <laughs> and uh you know, to see our baby grow up like that, it was very beautiful and uh I'm just glad that it's still happening. And me and Jack said this probably like on an actual podcast. We've said like the only thing, our only expectation for this is that it like just stays. And that would make us like super happy if in 10 years we can look back and like listen to a bunch of podcasts or just listen to kids. Like, I mean, we would have such a good idea of like the youth like mind at any point if this keeps going <laughs> yeah that's so true <laughs> what are the kids listening to these days yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean i was i was sitting in my dorm when i the first episode came out and i just like put my headphones in and i just like sat in silence and listened to it and it was the craziest thing ever to like the way i thought about it firstly was that up until then I mean, we started uh, in February of junior year and every single episode we are involved in, in mm-hmm. some capacity, like either hosting it, involved in the planning, like sitting in on it with someone and to listen to an episode that we had nothing to do with and like yeah. just to hear the fruit of it and to be an actual like listener was like very surreal for me. And yeah. It's like, I don't know. It was definitely like. I definitely thought about just like keeping the lunch table talk and doing it like somehow finding a way for us to do it like in college, like over some sort of technology, but it's definitely, it was definitely awesome listening to the first episode and to like hear how they've progressed over these episodes and to see like guest hosts, the pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all just, it's just cool. It's cool. And I think Aaron, Grace, and uh, Aiden and Justin are doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have put it in better people's hands. I think uh, I think it's just been going well. Yeah. And I can't wait for uh, National Lunch Table Talk Day on February oh, yeah. 28th. Hopefully, yeah. We're going to celebrate. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, yeah, but I had a similar, like, I wouldn't you tell people at school. They're like, oh, so you still host it? And I'm like, no, yeah. that, that belongs to belongs to the universe now you know yeah whoever, whoever comes in and, and grabs it that they host it. i have my lunch did you bring your lunch table talk shirt to college yeah yeah, yeah. so me and um um me and jamie we like went out one night and we were both wearing the same shirt <laughs> and she had come like we were on my floor and i walked out and she, like we both looked at each other and i like went back to change and i was like you know what? No, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna go do this. So I like throughout the night, everyone's like, and it just like sparked conversation, really. Yeah. really. And, yeah, but it was funny. They, I had a couple people ask me like, "Oh yeah, like you made a podcast," and they're like, "So, what do you do now?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Don't make a podcast anymore." Yeah, but like everyone that I asked, I'm thinking about purchasing some equipment to make one in bloomington because everyone that i've talked to is like yeah that would be so fun yeah i was gonna ask you do you feel that like you have the like the energy to do it to like because it was difficult to do Um, yeah i think it would be probably different i mean we had like a club to worry about too so it's like it was bigger than just ourselves 
Whereas in college, it would probably be like, hey, do you guys feel like playing, like making a podcast right now? If yes, that'd be cool. If no, it's fine. Yeah. Don't have to make one every Monday. Don't have to have a club meeting. Don't have to plan out, you know, what's going on. And it would just be like more like go with the flow. That's how I would want it to be. I wouldn't want to have like another huge responsibility. Yeah. Well, I think when it comes down to it, a podcast is just a recorded like conversation. Yeah. So if you want to put like fancy stuff around that, then that's what happens. But Mm -hmm. in the purest form, it's quite simple. Yeah. And that'd be cool if you did like, I don't know if you're thinking like doing an Evans one or. Yeah. I don't know if it would be Evans like. I think it would be more um, enticing to other people if it was just, like, our own thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that might be more fun anyway. Make a little Instagram account, see what happens. No expectations of anything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's cool. So who who have you been listening to? Um, It's a weird name, so don't get caught off guard. But it's the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. They're like, I mean, at first I was like, I'm not listening to this band. Like, that's a weird name. Like, who would ever listen to that band? And it honestly kind of makes me mad that that's their name because they're so good. But, like, seeing that name would just, like, turn people off. Like, it definitely turns a lot of people off as soon as they see it. And it's just a mouthful. It's not really catchy. Like, they definitely need to change their name. And if you listen to their music, you'd be like, why are they not, like, super popular right now? Mm Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like Tame Impala a little bit, but like a little harder rock. Um, you just like can hear like Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin like influence them. Mm. I've even like watched some live concerts from them and they like play uh, Zeppelin songs in their concerts. It's like a huge band. It's They have three guitar players, a bass player, a drummer, and a keyboard player. And it they're awesome. I would totally recommend listening to them if you like rock if you like tim paul you'll definitely like them but uh yeah that's that's probably the band from first semester of college if i had to choose any definitely them yeah i think the me and my brother were talking about this how um like you have your people that you always go back to and like but music is really like time periods for me like Mm -hmm. i think about like sophomore year and i think of like certain artists or certain songs and like you kind of associate like if I if someone to put were to put like come a little closer on for me it'd just yeah. be like the band and I yeah. just think about the band and there's like certain things where you they like stream yeah. some memories. I feel like us playing cigarette daydreams at our concert made everyone's like every class of 2020 senior at Maine South not every obviously but like the, the vast ones that majority matter. would be like, <laughs> <laughs> the vast majority would be like cigarette daydreams is our last song from high school yeah yeah that, I, I agree that that song hit the, hits the feels yeah it does yeah. i've been uh listening to the avid brothers oh really yeah they're uh they're cool um they're just like they're i listen to a podcast with them and i think i realized this that when i the way i find music is like spotify is really good about that like giving you artists that are similar to who you're mm-hmm. listening to but also i find like my favorite artist and I like listen to a podcast or like read their Wikipedia yeah, page. You do ex- do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when I showed you Mac DeMarco within 
48 hours, you knew way more about Mac DeMarco than I did. <laughs> but what I think is so why I do that is because you not only learn about them, but it says like their influences. Mm-hmm. So you can like go listen to John Mayer and then he's like, oh, I listen to B.B. King and you go yeah. listen to B.B. King. And so for the Avid brothers, they started rocking off all these like Southern names. Like one of them was like Hillbilly Jack or something. And I listened <laughs> to him and he's really good. And really? like... You kind of, same with like what you're saying, like you see the Led Zeppelin in that band yeah. and I see like, so it's really cool. And the Ava brothers are just really cool because they're brothers. They mm-hmm. live next to each other and like with their big families and their guitars are insane. And yeah. uh, the banjo is in there a lot. And they've just been a cool, they've been a band for 19 years. So mm-hmm. they're, and they just keep on getting bigger every year. So yeah. I think my dad likes them. Um, They're dope. I took, I'm taking, I'm almost done with it, uh, History of Rock and Roll. It's like a class that I, they like started at IU and I just like, I knew about it before. So I was like, I want to take this class while I'm here. So I figured I'd get it over with now before, you know, I get into like my major classes. Mm -hmm. So that's been cool. And you'll appreciate this. He, he's from like Southern Indiana. He is like, the professor? Yeah. Nice. He is the biggest Almond Brothers fan. Really? He like he didn't like Led Zeppelin that much, which kinda of made me a little sad because Led Zeppelin's like my favorite band ever. But when he went over the Almond Brothers, he was like very few bands like can create magic like the Almond Brothers did and like it like saddens me every day that they're like not yeah. here today. And it definitely made me appreciate it more too, because like very impressive stuff out yeah. of those. Well, yeah, just they're amazing. And I think hearing other people's passions, like I'm sure when people hear her, hear you talk about like Lug Zeppelin in this podcast or other mm-hmm. podcasts, they are like, I think I need to go listen to Lug Zeppelin yeah. because like you hear someone else raving about it and mm-hmm. it's like it shows you something. But that's cool. Almond Brothers are dope. I mean, like if you just like listen to Dwayne Almond, he's insane. Like, well, I forgot the name. I did know when I went over them – Who's the other guitar player that they played with? Oh. Because oh. they would play, like, twin solos. They would yeah. play solos at the same time. and it. Well, he was, like, the main guitarist because Dwayne Allman yeah. died, like, after the first Yeah, I know, uh, but he's, like, just as good, too. Yeah, it's, um, oh, someone's yelling at their, like, podcast or nothing. And, like, this is the guy. But yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Who, I forget his name. I knew it at one point. Um, But that's going to bother me. But he's a beast. It's, uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. But um, that's cool. We just got... We're getting stared at by Aaron and Grace right now. I'm not sure what's happening. Doing a teaser. Teaser. <laughs> teaser. Uh, what did you think about music in uh, in at school? Like what kids are listening to? Um, It kind of disappointed me because, I don't know, We I just have like a unique... So do you, like for our age you know we have unique taste in music but um I mean I like some of it a lot of it's like rap and EDM and I'm not too big of a fan but I was definitely shown some like rap that I liked I don't really like EDM at all that much but there were some cool like rap and R&B artists like more low-key people that I liked um and then I got to show some of my friends a couple bands that they liked. They really liked Tam and Paul and uh, Radiohead. So that was cool to like show them. 
one of my friends texted me the other day and he's like, dude, I've been listening to Radiohead like the past two weeks, like ever since we left. And that made me happy. But at first it was kind of like I would listen to music with them. And then I would like, once everyone went to bed, I would just like put my earbuds in and listen to my own music and be like happy. (laughs) I think there's a, there's a certain part of like you listen to music with uh, whoever you're hanging out with. And it's like, it's so bad. I mean, like, you, I want to, I like respecting music, but there's some EDM that's just so bad. And, <laughs> yeah. but it makes going like, like, I did the same exact thing, going back to your room and like putting your own music on. You're yeah. like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> and there's like a part of me that likes that even better. Like sometimes I would just like go outside and just sit outside and like listen to my own playlist after listening to like music that I didn't like. And it almost makes it like, I'm very thankful that there are people on the planet that make music this mm-hmm. good <laughs> yeah yeah and i think there's um i don't know I, th- I think there's an overwhelming like amount of people that listen to their, that music but it's not like me and you're the only kids that like listen yeah to, like, and the music i didn't have with. the opportunity to like walk out like inevitably i would have worn my led zeppelin shirt to one of my classes and someone would have said yeah, something yeah. to me exactly but like that didn't happen because i didn't go to class yeah i mean i had in-person guitar intro to guitar and if yeah, you listen to about guitar that. chats you know i'm not you know intro level but i have a radiohead sticker on this is actually a pretty good story i have a radiohead sticker on my acoustic guitar and that's the guitar that i played while i was in class Griffin Rohde was actually in my class, and he's like, why are you taking this? And <laughs> he, got, uh, he got home. He lives down the block from me. He got home, and I like, saw him get home from college, and he pulled his guitar out of the car, and I was yeah. like, what up? <laughs> yeah. He sat next to me, and it was very funny. But one day, the teacher's like in the middle of showing us like how to play a G chord, and obviously I'm just like zoning out and playing like my own stuff. He's like, oh, is that a Radiohead sticker? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, so you like them? I was like, yeah, they're like my favorite band. And he's like, me too. Like, you know any songs? And then I played this song called Paranoid Android, and it's like really hard. And he's like, yo, like, you know how to play the solo? And then he started playing the solo while I was playing the song. And he's like, you know the song Street Spirit? And I was like, yeah. And then we started playing it together in class. And then like three kids after that class were like, why are you in here? (laughs) That's so cool. I'm like, I just like playing guitar, man. (laughs) Oh, that's such a cool story. Yeah. Did you um did you watch Parks and Rec? No, no, but I I think I know what you're about to say. I probably told yeah. you the story, but there's just like a scene where Oh yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> you you told me to do this. Did I say it on the podcast? I don't know cuz it was after that. Um but Chris Pratt who like plays this like kind of loopy guy on Parks and Rec. <laughs> He goes to community college and he takes intro to guitar like same exact thing and he's good at guitar. And Chris Pratt's actually really good at guitar, which is cool. Yeah. And he's good at singing. And he goes in and he's like really bored during the class and he's like you know what i've had it and he starts like shredding dave matthews and starts singing and then he's like backing out of the class as he's playing he goes i knew guitar the whole time and i'm in a band and walks out <laughs> didn't you say that like in the class though the teacher would be like they'd hold up a capo and they'd be like all right what is this and then chris would be like capo it's a capo <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then they're like what is like what is a scale? And he'd be like, I know every scale. I know every scale. And he'd play the scale. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. That should have, you yeah, should have done that. Rody, like I would always be in class and he'd be like, he'd ask us for like volunteers and Rody'd be like, Jensen. <laughs> and the teacher would be like, Jensen. And I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> whatever <man. laughs>
<laughs> CGD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the funniest thing, I don't get the lesson plan at IU for intro to guitar, but for some reason in week three, you learn how to tune the guitar. And I'm like, that should be the first lesson because <laughs> there's no point in playing if you're out of tune. Like literally everyone, like Rody's guitar had to be like two full steps out of tune the whole three weeks because it was either way too high or way too low every time. And I'm like, I it was all I could do not to be like, let's just tune our guitars now instead of like, mm. but I don't know why. Yeah, that's weird. I, uh, music has a cool way of bringing people together. One of my like better friends I met in those first four weeks of Dayton, I was, um, everyone like left their doors open the first week. And so you just walk them down and like the doors were open, which is probably, it was included in the reason COVID got so bad, but <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. And this kid was just like shred. His name's John. He was shredding his guitar. He brought like a little mini amp. I forget what kind of guitar he has, but he was playing and I just walked in and I was like, yo, you want to jam? And like, we just jammed and I was, then we just became friends. And like, he's yeah. one of my better friends now. And yeah. And it's, it's, I like thinking about it, but it's also sad because so many more of those opportunities would have happened had it not been for COVID, but you take what you can get. Yeah, like, in one of my Zooms, I saw, like, a kid, and he had a Jimi Hendrix poster behind him, and I was, like, I was going to, like, privately message him and be like, yo, I love Jimi Hendrix, but then I realized, like, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. And we were talking about this, like, how funny would it be if you, like, remember a kid from a Zoom, and then you see him in person, you're like, yo, you're in my class. They'd probably be like, why do you know me? Like, there's 200 people in that class. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like you, I feel like at Ming South, it was really big for me and you especially to build connections with teachers. Do you feel like you're able to do that? Oh, no. Really? I mean, I... Mm, I mean, my guitar teacher I connected with because of the Radiohead thing, but, like, I'm not good enough to, like, keep talking to him after. And then I had one, my presentations class was only, like, 25 kids. So I, like, went to office hours a decent amount for that class and had, like, a decent relationship with the teacher. Like, she knew my name and stuff, but, like, definitely not like a real relationship yeah what was your like schedule when you were there was it mostly in person it was all online all online yeah they didn't go in person until like five weeks in okay and then even then it was like half and half so half the class would go in person half the class would stay online yeah um but i don't, I don't know i built a connection with my religion professor i think that's just because dayton's class sizes are like pretty small yeah um and he was also, I was lucky enough, he's like, he was, he's a grad student and teaching the class. That's how my guitar teacher was too. Yeah. So he's like younger and yeah. able to build like connections. But yeah. I, I'm hoping that happens. And I think it will as you get, as we get like more major specific, mm -hmm. because I think the best feeling at being South and I feel for the seniors that don't like get to experience this, but it's just like walking through the hallways and knowing pretty much every teacher and having like, yeah. A connection where like you can scream down the hallway and be like what up scores oh and like yeah. and do all that stuff and i think leaving ming south i was kind of scared of like i think you need those connections with yeah, those older they're really good yeah like i feel like any like wing pretty much besides the third floor because it's all science but like any wing i would like know a teacher and be able to like pop in and say hi or like before walking into hansen's class like talk to scorza about what's going on yeah like anything you know yeah so i think i think there aren't hallways in college and like there aren't like that the very interior way of meeting people but you find ways to do it 
Yeah. And it probably will happen. Hopefully. They're, We're just speculating. We don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're just dumb freshmen. And, um, what just popped in my mind is Sanchez. Is this, Am I using the microphone that he gave yeah. us? <laughs> that one too, right? No, this one's mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was hilarious. Sanchez. Remember? Do you think he listens? <laughs> what? Do you think he listens? Definitely not. <laughs> Remember when <laughs> you thought that a guy was Sanchez and he like got Dude, on the Dude, they bus? looked so similar. I don't know. I don't remember them looking that similar. But Sanchez was the... Do you know who Sanchez? He like <laughs> runs the uh, crew. Does he run crew? Yeah. And who did we ask about microphones? And they are like, go ask Sanchez. Um, Was it Sam Mayer? Yeah, maybe. Well, I, remember I asked Mr. Fee because he they we had like an assembly. And Mr. Fee had a microphone. Oh at my the assembly. god! The amount of times that we would go in the library and see the podium with the microphone and be like, "Want to just take it?" <laughs> we did one time. I mean, we put but it back put immediately. It back. Yeah. Don't come after us, Miss W. I love you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but that was it. Was funny. I mean, they're just so like. It was like the simplest things. Like we just needed a microphone. But so yeah. Mr. Sanchez ended up giving us microphones. I mean, we can presume the crappiest ones because mine has like an indent. I love it, but yeah, I mean, it has it builds character. Does build character. Um, but it's been like he probably gave us these the beginning of senior year. Uh, yeah. Because we gave them back, right? Yeah, we At gave the end them of back. Year. We did give them back. So I'm just wondering if he's like scratching his head, like where are those kids? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like those microphones were ever used. Do you still have? I'm talking to Grace right now. Do you still have the uh, the other crappy ones? Like the one with the green tape on it? Oh, no, that's in my house. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's on my dresser. I don't know why. Oh, that one too. But I have another one that Santushi gave us. Oh, I know. I guess we had two ones with yeah, green yeah. tape on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, also, I know that one. Um, also, we were talking about like biggest, like best memories or like things we could do over which i don't like being negative but i think it's a positive that the one thing if i were to do it over and we talked about this while interviewing him was starting the marcicano podcast right yeah. away because i think that it would just because he was like yelling at his kids and stuff and it was oh so my real God. he's like ragu <laughs> ragu and we're like is that your dog he's like no it's my, <laughs> it's my son <laughs> uh, but that, that was a good podcast yeah i wish that uh I wish that we started that. I remember asking you, like, should I just start it? But then it would have been like, I feel like, it, I feel like we would have had to like at first be like, we are recording, and then yeah. talk to him, which would have probably made the conversation not as. Yeah, I mean the way I like if we just started recording and didn't say anything, it would have been like a little invasive because he would have yeah. been like, oh, I didn't know we were recording, <laughs> which I, I get. But um, he would have been fine with it though. What was the story you told me before the the story? Oh yeah, so on one of the recent podcasts, they were talking about like coming home, uh, like when you're a kid, and I I tend to interrupt Grace's zooms. Uh, I interrupted yesterday with Mr. G, and I've talked to Mr. Marsicano a couple times now, and I interrupted the other day. It was at at like the end of class, I think, and I was just like, "Hey, Mr. Marsicano, what's up?" And then we started talking about their podcast, and he's like, yeah, so when I was a kid, like, if the streetlights came on, I had to be home, and, like, my dad was, like, a real uh, hard, you know, you know, that. and um, Hard donkey. Yeah. And 
So I would be in the middle of a wiffle ball game, mid-stride on my swing, and I would drop the wiffle ball bat and run home if I saw the streetlights. <laughs> and, like, most kids, they'd probably be like, no, like, don't go. Just, like, play the end of this inning or something. But they knew my dad would have, like, been really mad if I'm not home. <laughs> and it was just hilarious. It was, like, v- vintage Mr. Marsicana. Yeah, like dude, I could listen to his stories all day. Uh and seeing him during the drive-by uh, graduation, oh, yeah. <laughs> he like awesome. he did he did a dice roll, <laughs> and like th- now that's like a TikTok dance. But he did a dice roll and then uh, a golf swing, and he's like, "What's up, Jensen?" <laughs> that's awesome. Um, when I growing up, I think I I, I lived on a Hamlin, like right outside Hamlin Gate, like mm-hmm. five houses down. And Tommy Brander lives. So I had a house, and then Tommy Brander was directly across the street. Like yeah. our driveways were parallel with each other, whatever you want to call it. And we grew like we grew up hanging out with each other. And I'd always go over there. But at, at fourth grade and fifth grade, my mom made me get crossed across the street. So she, I would be like, I'm going to Tommy's, and she's like, Okay, hold on, I have to like walk you across the street. And oh then my God. when I had came home. I would have Mrs. Mrs. Brander or Tommy's grandma would have to watch and watch me go across the street. And I remember, which is just like psycho. I mean, I'll say it like, <laughs> come on, Flo. Like, you don't do like I'm fifth grade. I can, it's, little, it's maybe yeah. 20 feet of pavement, yeah. <laughs> maybe 20. And like, I'm aware enough to see a moving piece of metal coming at me. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember one time. Like Mrs. Brander was doing something and uh, Tommy's grandma was doing something. And I was like, I was like on his grass and I was looking and I was like, do you think she'll like see me if I just go at it real quick? And it's one of those things where like you think your parent just like knows everything. Yeah. And so I did it and then I got home and I was all nervous because I knew that I didn't, I didn't know if my mom saw me. And she's like, oh, so did Mrs. Brander cross you? And I was like, yep, yep. And she knew right away. She didn't see me, but she just knew by looking at me that I had crossed by myself. Oh my God. I yeah. didn't get in trouble or anything. Cause at that time she was like, you can start crossing by yourself. And like, <laughs> she was going to tell me that anyways, but like, Oh the- yeah. When you're a kid and you've done something wrong, your parents immediately know about it. Like, yeah. Like if you like, if they come home like after dinner and you like broke something, they look at you and they're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you sit down. It's almost like, I don't know. You I- like try to act normal. You're like, you're like sitting weirdly <laughs> on the couch, like trying to act normal. And they're like, you why said, are you sitting? What happened? That weather, right? Like, let's talk about things. Yeah. <laughs> you're like watching the news and you're like eight years old. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I don't know. There there must be something there. Like, obviously we like look weird and stuff, but I feel like there's a fraternal and maternal yeah. like energy that is yeah. passed that like, your mom or dad just knows right away. Yeah, they do. Um, but yeah, that's it's crazy. I mean, it, it, looking back on that, I just it's it's funny. Um, so I just watched. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into this, but I just watched a documentary on um, UFOs. Oh, it's called Phenomenon. I suggested it's on Amazon for five bucks, and my brother got it, so I was like, I'm gonna jump in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think it, it's not known to the public that in April, which you you can presume or not that it was on purpose in the middle of a pandemic, in April the Department of Intelligence released that released pictures of UFOs and released like documents confirming that like UFOs exist and that like America has some like in control, and 
They that, have them? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, so they confirmed it, and then... So what they did was there's this guy that went on Joe Rogan. I forget his name. Do you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Um, it's a Larry something, right? I have his name. Uh, I, don't, I, I can't remember right now. But this guy went on Joe Rogan, and he basically said that, like, I worked in this facility, that we worked on UFOs, we tried to take them apart, and we basically just realized that there's creatures or, like, aliens outside of this world that are far more intelligent than yeah. us. And the government denied him that he was right this whole time. And then in April, a month after we Did figured... Did they confirm that he was right? Yeah. I listened to that whole podcast. And Joe Rogan comes out, and he's, like, pissed off. And he's like... No one, because literally no one paid attention to it. The, like, one, like, yeah, I remember time, his Instagram post. Yeah. Yeah. He posted, Joe Rogan posted about it and was like, guys, there's like articles coming out right now that the government just confirmed UFOs and no one cares. Like, yeah. what's going on? And so I just thought that was interesting and worthy of bringing up on the podcast since we were inspired initially by Joe Rogan. Yeah. That, that's crazy. I like, I don't know how that's going to progress. And like, have Dude, they I talked they, to they, them? They just don't want it to progress. It's so, the U.S. government is so sly. I mean, like. Yeah. So in this documentary, they talk about how like in the 50s and 60s, there was an overwhelming, there's 1,000 to 2,000 um, reported sightings. And like a certain percentage, percentage of them were deemed like, not not yeah not uh what is the word proven or not like able to be proven but then some of them are true and then the government came out and told everyone basically that you were seeing reflections of the sun and that like they weren't true and then the u.s comes out in 2020 when like there's so much evidence of ufos and they're like yeah it's true and then like doesn't say anything else and like my dad has a ufo like he remembers um like he would go out into like his backyard and like catch night crawlers when he was like eight. I don't know how old he was, like eight to ten, and he remembers seeing a UFO, looking up, and it shines a light on him, and then leaves. Are you serious? I he if he came out right now, he could tell the story, but and he doesn't know if it's real. Like uh, apparently, like you don't remember it if you get abducted by an alien or whatever. But like he remembers distinctly looking up and seeing a ufo and shining a light down on him and then darting off within a millisecond it's crazy that's so crazy but yeah they're real and it's like proven and i think that's kind of it's not recognized by the public which i think is scary yeah i know because like we have our worries and like i don't know maybe i'm like going like radical here we have our worries but like what it, like maybe the presidential debate one of the topics should have been like ufos like what do you guys think about that yeah because i think it's like it's right there with like people well, say like you deny global warming and you're denying the truth if you deny ufos you're like denying the truth so like yeah i feel like it's inevitable that now that it's confirmed that there are other you know life forms and they like make technology and we have that technology and it's they know we're here and it's inevitable that we're going to have encounters with them mm. at some point. Maybe not during our lifetime. be kind of cool if it was. Yeah, but. it was. And they seem like um, 
there's this like his uh, I forget his name, but his official title is UFO historian, <laughs> and um, <laughs> he said that they were like friendly and that if they wanted to do something violent, they would have done it many many years ago. Yeah. And, like, but the the frustrating thing is, and it's just so America is that like we saw UFOs and they're hovering over United States in like the 60s and they sent up fighter jets and the fighter jets were shooting at them with like rockets and that didn't do anything no cuz they do they move they're able to go at like 90 they're able to be going like thousands of miles per hour thousands of miles per hour straight and then just on a dime go 90 degrees and like turn so do you think that it's more that they're like or I don't know if it says this in the documentary or not, but do you think it's more that they're like smarter than us or they've just been around for way longer? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's proven or like there's evidence either way. And I kind of just think they're smarter than us. I hope that we like have relations with them at some point so mm-hmm. that we know like their evolutionary process. Yeah. Dude, what if they came, um, the aliens came and they just came with like a strat and they just started like <laughs> shredding like <laughs> Jimmy Page. Oh my god! Yeah, what if Jimi Hendrix? Have you ever seen that guy talk? Watch live concerts of Jimi Hendrix. That guy's a freaking alien. I swear really? to God, he was sent down and he just plays random music and he's he says the most random stuff. But he can write lyrics good. But like when yeah. he talks, you're like, what are you talking about, dude? He'll be like, he's like, he. Like gets a request to play all along the watchtower at one of his concerts. He's like, "Yeah, we got a request to play all along the watchtower, but um, I don't know the lyrics, so uh, <laughs> we don't even play that one anyway. Live shows anyway, so uh, we're just gonna play something else for you. So uh, yeah, uh, here's a Voodoo Child, and then he like shreds and is singing like the lyrics fine. His lyrics make more sense than what he actually yeah. says. Well, it's the same thing with Matt." Matt Schultz. Yeah, I mean, I feel when like we all like that. when we were at the concert, like he jumped into the crowd and you looked in his eyes and there was nothing there. <laughs> like there was nothing. Like you just looked at him and you're like, "How are you doing this right now?" Because yeah, he'd be like, "Matt, Matt," like screaming, "Like I love you," and he'd just be staring at you like, like dead eyes. And it's kind of scary, yeah, honestly. It is scary. I, so maybe, I know exactly what you're talking about. Maybe that's how it works. Like everyone's like, oh, I wish I could be a rock star. And it's like every rock star has been abduct- abducted, turned into an alien, returned yeah. to Earth. they're just like they knight them they're like you are now a rock star what if all what if the aliens you just go there and it's just like jimmy page drinking a glass of wine like hey what's up john lennon yeah john lennon uh, wait what's her name yoko yoko Nah, Uh, yoko's (laughs) yoko's not with the aliens yoko's like the wrong alien like she became like something else. She's like an experiment gone wrong for them. <laughs> they took John to be alienated into a rock star. Now that we've proven that, and um, and then they took Yoko. And then they're like, John, we're gonna give you Yoko to be your partner. And they like send them away. And then they're like going over what they did to Yoko. And they're like, Oh, we messed it up. Yeah. Yoko messed up. <laughs> All the equations are just terrible. Uh, what's the story of? Oh, George Harrison yeah. was he on like late night? Hugh Abbey was on uh, a talk jo- show. It's it like Johnny Dick Carson? Cavett or something. Oh, Dick, yeah, yeah. And Dick Cavett's like, you know, we had Yoko Ono on this show a while ago, and then George just gets out of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> like, did, he, did she sit here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. 
I he said something really funny too. I forgot though. It was funny. <laughs> um, the uh, that's kind of a aliens, man. I don't know about them. No one knows, I guess. I mean, some. I guess the U.S. government does. Yeah. Um, last thought. Do you feel older now that you're in college? Not like I don't want to say over high school kids, but like, do you feel older than high school? Yeah, I'd say so. Me too. I think that. I think before I don't know about you, but like when we'd be in school, like I didn't really feel that much different than like a junior, mm-hmm. like or any like sophomore and freshman or junior and sophomore. I never really felt like older than the grade below me. But now I think I do a little bit uh, just because I've, like, spent time away from any everyone that it's, like, my, like, priorities, I guess, are just a little different. And it's, like, I've met a bunch of different people, so it's, like, I don't really care what happened to, like, so-and-so doing so-and-so. Yeah. It's, like, I, there's m- more stuff. There, yeah. There's, there's more important things exactly Um, how do you feel i feel like going to live on your own i feel like i realized this especially when i lived downtown because like i lived on chicago and wabash like Mm -hmm. the heart of the city yeah and you you either mature or you like fail because like even like you living on your own your dad isn't walking in here like telling you to do homework or something so like you either mature or you like you die trying and I feel like most people mature and I feel like there's a certain freedom that comes with that because yeah and I think I definitely like see people not mature Mm -hmm. I mean maybe like maybe they do mature but they are just like in the wrong environment and it's not in the right way yeah and that's always weird because I think that high school is really formative for your life but college is too I mean Formative for, like, your adulthood, I would say. I think what happens from, like, ages 18 to 22 really deems, like, work ethic and stuff like that, like, how you're going to – and, like, priorities because you're given, like – there's things that come up in life that are, like, a lot more real and, like, you have to make the choice, like, am I going to study for this test or am I going to, like, go out with my friends tonight or, like, am I going to – do something stupid that I know I shouldn't do or yeah, do the right thing. And that, like, I feel like those are the types of things in college. Cause like you're doing something wrong in high school and you're worried about your parents finding out, but in college your parents won't find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you have the right to do all the stupid stuff you want when you're in college. Yeah. And that's how I feel like it might develop when you're an adult. You're going to keep doing like stupid stuff. Yeah, I think it was weird for me to realize that, like, like talking about picking majors and, like, what major you want to be and what, and, like, when you pick a major, you obviously think about the job you want to have. And then, like, realizing that we're 18, I'm now 19, and you kind of, like, realize that the whole, like, adulthood getting a job doing, like, real life stuff is, like, very close. Oh, yeah. Now that I, and now that we're pretty much done with first semester, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of years, like, of fun ahead, but it just, like, like you said, the situations are real, the consequences are very real, and, like... And, like, 
it's you're 19 and you're going to graduate when you're 22. That's three years of difference. That's not that much like yeah. what you're doing when you're 18 or 19, when you're living on your own in college, isn't that much different than when you're 22 and graduated mm-hmm. college and you're looking for jobs. Yeah. And like your employers like don't know what you've done over the past couple of years, but you know that they're going to end up finding out if you're like being, you know, an idiot, mm-hmm. that's going to end up biting you in the butt. Yeah. Did you notice like things about the way you lived on your own and also like things that the way, like, like the way I put it is like, I noticed that like certain things my mom and dad do that like sometimes annoy me or like things I always were like, I'm never going to do that. I do that while living yeah. alone. And like, there's other kids that I like, I walk into the room or I see like their like desk where they study at. And I'm like, how do you function? Like, yeah. and, and I just think that you don't really like you live in your home and you just like follow the, the, the drift. But when you go and live on your own, you really like get your own groove going and you live the way you want to. Yeah. I definitely notice one example and it's kind of like a minute example is like some kids in my house, like freshmen, when they would go to the grocery store and come back, it'd be like Twinkies and like <laughs> chips and Mountain Dew and stuff like that. And I, I would get like apples and like lunch meat and try to be like as healthy as I can. But like, I could totally see like some kids being like, this is finally when I can eat like as much junk food as I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is funny. But differences. Um, any other stuff? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll see you guys next week. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I was just gonna say, we got right back into it. I was kind of nervous about coming back on, but you know, you just like last year. Also, I just wanted to say one thing. Uh, Tom Ocasio said that he was a green morph. The the exact quote was, I was a green morph suit for Halloween. You can't be a green morph suit. (laughs) You put on a green morph suit. That's like, I'm like saying, I'm I'm a Superman suit. Or no, I am Tony Romo <laughs> for Halloween. <laughs> On Halloween, I am Tony Romo. But at least like when you're Tony Romo, you're like you're like, oh, that's Tony Romo. And like you look at Tommy and you're like, you're green. a green morph suit, I guess. <laughs> so like I guess that's something. <laughs> so no, but I love him. I love him. He's a great great okay, just ended. <laughs> yeah. All right. The return was, it was the very return nice. Of Jedi. Um, maybe see you guys again someday. Maybe not. I mean, National Lunch Talk, Lunch Table Talk. National Lunch Table Talk Day is not sure the logistics of it yet, but something's gonna happen. And I say we just find a preferable creepy gas station in between Dayton and Bloomington, <laughs> and we just record there. Yeah, <laughs> we take like two of those milk crates. Flip them yeah. off and sit there. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even smoke cigarettes. But yeah, just... There's going to be a lot of cigarettes smoked on National Lunch Table Talk Day. <laughs> I was only thinking that. That was cool. That was really cool. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Peace.